everybody and welcome to the Maya Minds podcast. I'm your host George and here at Maya Minds we want to demystify mental health and make sharing mainstream within the exercising and sporting community. I really hope you enjoy this episode. I interviewed my friend Ben Jones from university. Ben has a similar background to me with disordered eating, compulsive exercise. Um, the reason I kind of contacted Ben is because I'd seen some controversy on his Instagram account about him confronting these influencers who he thought were putting out information that may be causing disordered eating patterns. And I thought it'd be an interesting topic. So that's what mostly what we go into today. But we also learn about Ben's experience with disordered eating and where he is now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Maya Minds podcast. Um, this is the first one I've done in, I actually can't even remember. It's been a long time. Obviously, for everyone listening, you guys have just seen the, them coming out, but I've actually not done one for ages. Um, I'm here with my friend, Ben Jones. Ben, how are you? I'm good. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me on. Very excited. I'm, I'm excited too, actually. Um, I think the the topic of this one, or the, the reason I kind of um, approached you is different to what we've... I think I've touched on it in other podcasts, but I feel like we can go more in depth with it yeah. here. Um, but yeah, um, what have you been up to today? You've been up to much? I had a shift at the gym this morning, so... I thought, I thought you said I had a shit this morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had yeah. a shit at the I gym. Mean, yeah, I had that as well, but I don't know how my devil cares about that. <laughs> but, I was yeah, like, yeah, I you're starting good. strong, you're starting start strong. strong. That's, that's the level of openness we want on this podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. Sorry, carry um, on. Yes, yeah, so I had a shift this morning, um, seven till one, so I just did that. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I work as a personal trainer sort of on the side my main job i work in e-commerce for the hut group um that's my nine to five job and then on sunday i do um i do a couple of the classes um they're just like hit style classes and then just sit on the desk really um essentially i get a a, my membership paid for um i don't have to pay membership by doing that and also earns me a bit more extra money and gets me some good experience and it's nice and fun and easy as well so yeah do that on sunday yeah Um, Um, i'm I'm hoping to um, get into, I've been applying for jobs recently. I want to get into research, um, okay, yeah. but it's, it's like the hardest thing. To yeah, get it's into. really hard. Yeah. My, um, my friend Andy, he wants to get into research who I train with. Um, he went to Loughborough, Loughborough um, and did a, did a master's and it's really hard to get into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, the, the difficult thing is, is every, everything asks for um, a PhD and the yeah. ones that even the ones that don't ask for a PhD, you know, there are people with PhDs applying for it. Yeah. So it's yeah, like if you yeah. if you got it's like masters just means nothing. Everyone's just like, oh, is that it? Like you just got a master's. Yeah. It's like, yeah. um, yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we're gonna. I think I'll kind of go straight in, and I wanted to yeah, yeah. kind of um, nudge us towards this. But the, like I said, the reason I contacted you was because I'd seen on your Instagram. Um, you've been putting on your story about or like you commenting on people's stuff and people deleting your comments and all this kind of controversy going on. I kind of, um, I want to let you introduce what it is that's been going on and what, what it, what it is that you'd like been, you you seem so passionate about. Of course. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about in a bit, but obviously I've had a bit of a history of um, disordered eating and the STEM root cause of that was, misinformation through social media and me getting um a bit misinformed about you know firstly normal body standards for a a male or a female and secondly 
how you should eat or how they do eat as a male or female and what you need to do in order to be in shape or be a fitness person online. I think they portray this image of I eat this way and that's why I'm this fit or in this shape. And yeah, so basically, um, basically she's a, she's a female and I think she's lost like 13 kilos in, in five months, which um, I mean, if you started at morbidly obese, that would be a lot of weight, but that's safe to say she didn't start at morbidly obese. Mm -hmm. And so um, essentially she puts her what I eat in a days up and it, it just annoys me, but primarily because, the the comment section annoys me more not because um you know because uh, because she's getting loads of comments and stuff but uh, i think it annoys me because people are backing what you do and they see her and they're like yeah that's how i should eat but in reality she's eating in a certain amount and she's maintaining this level of body fat where she doesn't have a period as a female it's not sustainable and down the line she's going to run into a whole host of issues and that's what i ran into and the thing that people don't see with her is the physique she's got now and the amount she's restricting in three years she's going to start binge eating she's going to have a phase where she can't maintain it and it's going to lead her to, or if she tries to maintain it she's going to just damage her long-term health and people aspiring to be that i i think is wrong um and the main thing that annoyed me was jim shark choosing to sponsor her because then the, the issue with it is that jim shark sponsoring her she's going to think oh yeah Gymshark has sponsored me, so what I'm doing is right. And also, our audience is going to think, oh, Gymshark has sponsored her, so what she's doing is right. And then not only do people buy into what she's doing and give themselves disordered eating patterns because of it and like ruin their lives, essentially, their mentalities, um, but she's now got this pressure from Gymshark. And if she ever thinks, you know what, this isn't healthy for me, I shouldn't be doing this, she can't escape it now because mm. Gymshark has sponsored her. And if she gets out of shape, you sure well know that she will get less views than she did get because people like to see this extreme of fitness because they don't like to do anything in moderation, which is the way you should do fitness because it's not cool or sexy. They So therefore Gymshark are just going to take that sponsorship away from her and she's going to have to make this choice between my health or my Gymshark sponsorship. And for someone who's already got a bit of a disordered way of thinking, you just know that she's going to pick the Gymshark sponsorship way rather mm. than her own health and she's going to drive herself further into this hole so i do it, so, it sounds I, like sorry sorry to put in it it sounds yeah, like yeah. you're kind of concerned for her as well as yes know, I, that's the thing mate i am i am concerned for her because it's i see what she's doing was me like five years ago that's why it concerns me and mm. it's it's um it concerns me because i know how long the road back is from that so that's why it concerns me um but then it, I mean, it does piss me off when she deletes comments and stuff like that because they sort of expose what she's doing. But then on the other side, I remember when I was like that and I just thought that I was right and that no one could tell me otherwise. Mm. So I see why she would do it. But yeah, it just annoys me. Like she's got 500,000 followers. And unfortunately, when you have that many followers, whether you like it or not, you've got a level of responsibility that you should mm. Um, that you shoulder and that you've got to live up to. Um, mm. So yes, it's a, it's a difficult one with that really, but I think, um, I think it's just, it's just problematic. Like, yeah. Um, so um, yeah, I just, I just don't like it the, the way it is, but that is the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to turn this into us, um, you know, just shitting on this, 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 um, yeah lady. i mean she's um, one but, of very many yeah I would, yeah I like, um, and uh, like i said it's not i do feel sorry for her it's not yeah. attacking her 
but I am attacking, I suppose. <laughs> no, I, I think you're 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 attacking the um the what's what's the what's the term I'm looking for here? The the idea of that. Um yeah. she just happens yeah. to be the face that um yeah. is kind of being shown from it. Um, yeah, the current face, yeah. Yeah, I like I um I don't I haven't followed um her or anything so I don't I don't I haven't seen the videos that she's been doing and stuff I just saw you were commenting things and um can you tell us what it was you were commenting and what was getting deleted can you remember so she does yeah so she does this thing where she says she's the CEO of volume eating which is like look at me I volume eat like that's my identity I volume eat and I commented and I said um well, you volume eat because you're starving because you don't give yourself enough calories. So you're just volume eating to like artificially fill yourself up. Um, okay. uh, and it got like 300 likes or whatever, yeah. whatever the fuck you got. And um, she was like, she just deleted it because that's what she's doing. Like she does these four days of eating. She's like, look how much food I eat. I eat so much food. I'm like, yeah, you eat 500 grams of broccoli, which has got like 100 calories in it. And the reason you do that is because you're so hungry, but you've got this restrictive amount of macros that you think you can eat or you've restricted yourself to eat so that you look this certain way. And then you promote this image, like everyone in the comments who doesn't know any better, like, oh my God, she eats so much. And then, you know, they go and try and eat a bag of rice and some chicken and they realize that like it's like three times the amount of calories that she's eating and, and they're like what am i doing i'm not doing this right blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. so yeah that was the one that got deleted um and then there was another one about um uh i can't remember but um it was something oh yeah she was saying that was that was the other thing it pissed me off someone commented and said you don't eat any carbohydrates starchy carbohydrates like potatoes rice um, yeah and she's like i do look and then posted like her eating you know like two half boiled potatoes and then like a little bit of rice and i commented and i was like yeah but it's only enough carbohydrates to like fulfill your restrictive macros like you wouldn't eat three potatoes because it doesn't feed your macros like if i gave you a donut after you've already had enough calories for the day you wouldn't eat it because you know mm that's what you want um and she commented and replied to me and then i just said something about her doing things that are impressionable to young girls or something like that like yeah i just said the responsibility thing which she didn't like and she deleted which is fair enough but yeah it's that misinformation that annoys me it's like yeah and i i it's it's a really difficult topic because um obviously you know everyone has their choices and they can decide how they want to eat and 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 some some people can volume eat and, and eat you know I'm, I'm people obviously can't hear see this at home but i'm doing air quotes eat clean um yeah you know some people can do that and it be healthy and be fine and um be like okay for them but the yeah. the issue is especially like you're saying you know when you have a lot of followers or you know you have a lot of people watching again i haven't seen um what she's what she how she posts but if you're not putting the message across that um you know things oh it's my dog uh, <laughs> um, but if you aren't putting the message across that things um you know are different for everyone and you're not you're not yeah. putting a message across that you know just because i eat this volume imagine when you say volume eating she means like she just eats loads of lettuce and broccoli and yeah, things to exactly. yeah to fill herself up yeah like let's call let's call a spade a spade here you're not volume eating you're maximizing the amount of food you can eat because you've set a certain amount of calories that you can eat and you've decided that like i wouldn't mind if she was like 
here's a 600 1600 calorie day of eating i'm volume eating this i eat this way because i want to maintain a really really lean physique that is actually mm. you know healthy for a female just call it what it is i don't care then that's absolutely fine yeah but don't go around like this is the healthiest way you can live and i like eating like this because it makes me feel good like yeah. it doesn't make you feel that, good it yeah makes you feel really really cold it means that you can't lift as much as you could lift you can't go out with your friends and drink and go out for pizza without having a mental turmoil. Like let's not pretend it is what it is because it isn't like, yeah. let's just, let's just call it what it is. It just, yeah. that's what is me. That, that, and that is the issue. And that, yeah, that's kind of where I was, I was going with it is, you know, people can do it and be, and be healthy and that's fine. But if you're claiming that this is the only way and this is like, this is the best way. And if, if people aren't doing this, then they're wrong. You know, you're not saying that outright, but you know, if you're posting on social media that, that, you know, this is the way you eat and this is how you look. And you know, you're saying, because I look, because I eat all this broccoli and, and don't, you know, fill up on donuts or whatever, then yeah. I eat look like this and you should want to look like this. So you have to eat like yeah, this exactly. too. And yeah. if you don't eat like this, then you aren't going to like this. And then you're a bad yeah. person. That's kind of what you're yeah. implying, yeah, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Um, exactly. And that's that's where the issue comes in. And that's, you know, disordered eating in itself is kind of like a compulsion. It's the idea yeah. that you um have to behave. Oh, we got another you got is that your dog? I know my dog's having a <laughs> they're talking to each other. Um if if you the, the issue like the compulsion comes in when um, you feel like you have to take on that disordered eating behavior in order to protect yourself from something bad happening. And yeah. when, when an influencer or someone is putting things up and saying, and ba basically showing like, if, you know, if you don't eat like I'm eating, if you don't eat clean, then bad things are going to happen to you because you're not going to look yeah. like I do. That's breeding disordered eating, isn't it? And that, that's yeah, the issue. Um, yeah. And again, I don't want to attack this, this girl. Cause I had this, um, you know, I haven't, seen her account yeah. so um you know i know i know that lots of you know other influencers do it as well oh, um, yeah, it's not but it, it is it is just a it's just a huge issue in the the kind of fitness industry in in general i think yeah. um and i'm interested in your thoughts on you know like you said jim jim sharker have kind of um have sponsored her um why do you think big companies seem to encourage this like why do you think it is because they don't because all that matters to them is the figures mm. like it's ultimately she's the she's the number one female fitness tiktoker probably british one teenager imagine how many people are gonna see her and she's got five hundred thousand followers that's like say if one percent of them are oh, here you go i've asked myself to do maths now but what if one percent <laughs> of them then, then, like bought a gymshark product because of it like i don't know is that five thousand yeah, yeah five thousand yeah. sales they've got immediately from that all it, it doesn't matter there's no ethics in the business game it's about mm. how much money can we make out of that person how many conversions are they going to get for us how much traffic are they going to drive to our website and unfortunately in that case because she is this extreme of fitness and people don't like to hear that fitness is about moderation and longevity she's this thing where it's like i lost 12 kg in six months and now i look shredded be like me everyone's like oh yeah actually i want to do that when they're sat on their bed at 10 p.m feeling really shit about themselves because they've just ate too much for the day they think yeah. i need to do something extreme go to her account and so then gymshark are like yeah we'll have a bit of that we'll have we'll have a few people <laughs> you know? and they're like oh yeah i'm going to start my fitness routine on monday i'm going to volume me and i'm going to buy, buy a gymshark set when i do it and it's like yeah great and then they do yeah. that and then gymshark are like sound no bother 
who cares if that person gets an eating disorder? They bought me a Gymshock set. And it's not yeah. an attack on Gymshock because that's how it works. Like, that's yeah. how the industry works. That's the numbers thing. I wish it wasn't, but that is how it works, unfortunately. And the way you solve that really is by getting the right things promoted in the fitness industry mm. so that people follow the right messages. And therefore, because they've got loads of followers, the big companies are like, yeah, well, we'll onboard them because they'll get us a lot of money because they've got a lot of followers. Like, yeah, that's how the game works. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's a really difficult message to put across because it's been bred into the fitness. Obviously, like through my own minds, one of the things I'm trying to put across is this, you know, relaxed or more relaxed way of, of looking at fitness of, you know, it isn't all or nothing. It's, you know, you yeah. can, you can enjoy it. Um, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's really difficult. And I, I think the, one of the reasons why a big company would want to push the idea of an all or nothing or the idea of like good foods, bad foods, that kind of thing. I think, um, especially if you're a supplement company or if, you know, you have shares and supplements and things like that, you know, you're breeding this idea of, of good food and bad food. And, you know, there's a way to do it and not a way to do it. And if, the, if there's, if there's a way to do it, then you can say our way is the way, um, yeah. you know, yeah. so, if, so, so for being you know, these big companies, they want it to be, binary or that you know they want it to be um this behavior of you know good or bad because then they can be the good ones they can you know they yeah. can argue that they're good ones if, if if the truth comes out and everyone knows that you know you just have to eat in moderation you just have to exercise to the point where you're a bit tired and you know then you'll be fine you know obviously yeah. not if you want to be an elite athlete then there's obviously a lot more that goes into it but for the general the general public the average person it's just yeah. just you know do it like just you know do you know just switch up a couple things you know do a bit of exercise where you can the way you enjoy the way that you can continue to do it consistently then yeah. you know that's they're not going to be able to sell as much so yeah, of course. He- a, lo- a load of the misinformation all ties into how much uh, into the the industry in terms of how much money can be made like for example the debunking of the anabolic window like two or three years like i'd say i heard about that like i believed in that till about three or four years ago yeah that's shit for any supplement company because now people are like oh well i don't need a protein shake 30 minutes after my workout and actually i can just have chicken and potatoes and i'll get i'll get the same benefit from it yeah. that's dreadful for any for any supplement company because yeah. now people aren't going to buy protein shakes and they still so, they still push it don't they i think you know yeah i think we we maybe get the and the people who listen to the my man's podcast i imagine are the same but um, because we're into the fitness industry and we're into that kind of stuff, we see this, like, you know, the stuff about the anabolic window and, you know, I, I did my master's in nutrition. So like, this is yeah. like my bread and butter. Um, yeah. So like we, we see it and it seems so obvious for us, but you still see people like buying loads of supplements and so and there's nothing wrong, wrong with yeah. whey protein, like whey protein is one of the best ones for stimulating protein synthesis. So it's, you know, it's, it's not like a bad thing, but you yeah. know, you, I think it is still pushed. You know, there are a lot of nutrition companies still pushing it and being like, Oh, it yeah. is a thing, you know, like, you know, we're not going to say it because everyone says it's bullshit, but you yeah. know, we're still kind of, you know, you need to have your protein shake and, um, yeah. And BCAs yeah. as well. BCAs, like the science behind BCAs, that they they like. There's literally, like, there's there are very, very, very few times where they are useful. Like, incredibly few times where they would yeah. be useful. Um, yeah. But they're they're pushed as like the second best thing. Like, you have your protein, yeah. you have your BCAs, and it- <laughs> yeah, which I don't get at all. I don't know why um, they wouldn't attach creatine to it because it's far more useful. Mm. I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You, yeah. I suppose. Um, Maybe creatine is up there, but creatine is probably the only one that I actually 
um think is legit or it's like it, you know there's a lot of science behind creatine and it shows yeah. that it really is a thing but this isn't the nutrition podcast so i don't want to go too much into that but <laughs> yeah Cre- creatine and, and like whey protein are all uh, are like obviously you know they they are useful um and creatine's fantastic and I, yeah um i feel like it doesn't get as much of a as a push i like that's interesting like why wouldn't nutrition companies be pushing creatine like is they're yeah. like big i suppose it's because it's cheap you can buy yeah. it really cheap can't you um whereas they can sell like posh whey proteins for um you know different different um like you know ridiculous amounts of money just because of the flavors and stuff and yeah I think have you seen a, yeah. have you seen women's whey protein uh, it's like no. There's like there's like whey protein, but they said they say it's specifically for women, like for females. Oh, but God. like the, what literally what it is is they just put whey protein in a bag and they make the bag pink and then say it's yeah. for women <laughs> and then and then like and then like ramp the price up. I feel that's awful. Yeah, that's the horrible. Of, the, 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 with girls have it much worse than men as well with the diet culture yeah. and, and women's whey protein and women's slewing pills and cr- and all that crap. Yeah, I mean at least. At least, at least a lot of male stuff is tended towards getting bigger rather than getting smaller. But mm. that's, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 really scary. Um, you know, there, there are issues with trying to get bigger as well. Like you know, muscle dysmorphia is yeah a real struggle for a lot of people, and it, is, it has been for myself like really bad. Um, but yeah. it's still, it's still yeah, it's it's. I feel like um, women tend to be attacked more. Um, but I think I think it's because they're, they're, they've been set up over years of you know all this like you know misogyny and you know societal mm. pressure to look a certain way and stuff and obviously you know guys I'm not trying to belittle it for guys like I, I you know I struggle with body image and I'm sure you have as well um, yeah. you know I'm not trying to belittle it for guys but you know but women have been you know it's been really pushed onto women for yeah. like a long yeah. time um, so I think you know it's an easy target for a lot of nutrition and fitness companies. Um, so that's another another question. Um, why do you think this like good food versus bad food thing is catching on for people listening, like for the the people that in who are getting into the fitness? Why do you think it is that I kind of have my theory, but I'm interested in yours. Like why why do you think if someone sees someone say, "Oh, eat this, but not this," that seems more attractive than someone saying, "Actually, it's just all because it's black and white." like it's simple like all you have to think of is then i can't do this but i can do this Mm. like people want a yes or no answer when there's not a yes or no answer like okay there is a yes or or no answer in terms of if you eat within your uh, your maintenance or if you don't eat too uh, much in a surplus or if you eat in a deficit you lose weight surplus or gain weight like yeah that is an answer but it's a lot simpler for people to say, well, I can't do that. And I can do this. There's too much like brain work involved in, you know, figuring out how much I need to eat under and is it working and what is my real maintenance and should I be in a surplus or a deficit? Whereas if you go, don't eat a chocolate bar, eat broccoli, or, (laughs) um, you know, don't eat that bag of Haribo's, have a sweet potato or something like that. People just like simplicity and they also like fast, quick changes. Um, of course, which I think is why the the good and bad thing has has clocked on, and they also like extremes, which is why if, I think people like to sit down and think, "I'm eating chicken, broccoli, and sweet potato. Look how hard I'm working. I'm mm. working really hard." Whereas that person eating things that taste nice and pleasurable, p- 
pleasure in society has been now been attached as like a negative i feel like like anything that's good for you is now bad and uh, anything good for you as in pleasurable experience or enjoyable experience is normally like um, some sort of negative connotations towards it that's really interesting that i i I agree with you i I didn't really think about it like that but um i feel like you're almost that I feel it's, it's fashionable to show your workout as being like horrible. Yeah. It's more, it's more fashionable to be like, this was horrible and I hated it. And, you know, but I did it anyway because I'm such, I'm so hardcore. And I and you know what, afterwards I was offered a donut, but actually I just ate plain rice and some plain chicken breast (laughs) and I had a horrible time. (laughs) Love to just like, but the thing is you wouldn't do that unless you were going to post it anywhere like you wouldn't do in your day-to-day life like you're telling me it's truly truly made you happy that you've got up do something you hated and then ate something you hated and that's just made you have such a better life like i don't i feel like yeah okay sometimes you have to go through bad stuff to get to like the good thing at the end but it's got to be reasonable like there's just i don't why would you do something that's hard when you can do something easier, they get you to the same end point. I don't understand that with life in general, why people ever do that to themselves. It's the, I think, I think part of it is, is trusting the process of it because, you know, I, I, I do um, like nutrition and, and training coaching for like online for people. And, you know, for some, some of my clients, we, we look for like long-term weight loss. Like that's their goal is they want to lose weight and, rather than looking at exactly what they're eating. The first thing I always look at is how they're eating and um, doing that, I think promotes longevity better than, than, you know, than actually like seeing like, this is how you need to eat. These are your macros, et cetera. Um, But it takes a lot longer. And actually for the first like two, three, four weeks, usually you don't even see any difference. And that's, that's scary because they're like, you know, like, oh, we've been working this for a month and nothing's happened. But, but what you're doing is, you know, you've laying those foundations so that then, you know, then you can slowly start to have the changes. And then, you know, in, in however, like in a year, a couple of years, you've got the, the outcome you wanted. And also it didn't feel like it was anything like it's just easy. It wasn't a big shift. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like people want things to, I think uh, people don't realize like if you do a diet and you go from A to B and uh, you just lose five kilos and that's it. And you have no long-term repercussions from it. You have done so exceptionally well. Like that is a brilliant success. Like I don't know many people do that. I feel like um, sometimes uh, it's difficult to word this, but like when, if nothing goes wrong, then you've done really really well and you've mm. got to the end point like i i think people take that for granted sometimes they're like oh well that was easy because nothing went wrong it's like no you just did it really really well like i don't think people take it as a success like they want something to go wrong or something to go badly along the way um or them to have some negative consequence to it oh that's so, that's an interesting point yeah so you think um and that, that does make sense so for like example if someone goes on a diet if they if they get to um, you know their goal that they were after, but it felt easy for whatever yeah. reason, you know, they're like then, I didn't do it hard enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost it, ta- it takes out the 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 feeling of success and the pleasure from yeah. it because you're like I should have struggled. Like surely I should yes, have struggled. Exactly. But it's like no, you just did it really well. Like that was brilliant. Like you did yeah. great. Like yeah. yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Like that is yeah that is a nail on the head that's that's one thing that annoys me like you doesn't need to be really hard or you to struggle or you know you to binge on your diet to know that you've 
in like in a deficit like no <laughs> yeah yeah no that's that's a really that's a really good point um and i think that that's another reason why um the good food and bad food is more kind of attractive than you know just you know the eating intuitively or you know eating in a in a you know, balance is because the balance is kind of um you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's like a struggle like a need, and everyone's always telling you how you know have being on a diet and working out really hard is like it's like a you're grinding life and you know you're working so hard and putting all this effort in and that just seems so easy like oh so i just i just change a couple of the way like i, I don't eat as fast or like you know I'd, I'd put some salad on my plate or you know is that is that really it and it's like yeah that's all you really need to do like you know it's it's like and obviously I'm not trying to, you know, I have had an eating disorder, so I know it's, I know it's a lot um, harder if you're in that position. Um, I do still have an eating disorder. Um, yeah. So I understand how difficult it is. I'm not trying to belittle you know, people listening who are thinking I'm saying, oh yeah, just, you know, just stop eating the way you're eating. That's not, I know <laughs> yeah. it's not that easy. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, for the, you know, for people who are, you know, who are trying to go towards these, you know, good foods, bad foods, you know, it really doesn't need to be that way. Um, no. So Moving, moving on from there. Um, so uh, to me, I almost see this kind of good food, bad food as a former, have you heard of orthorexia before? Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I, um, had orthorexia. That was my eating disorder. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. So I knew that's kind of where I was, I was leading on from this was, I was going to ask you to talk about it. Um, I guess, I guess I'll, I won't explain what it is then I'll let you, I'll let you go ahead. Um, so can you, yeah, do you tell us a little bit about your story and then, you know, first off, just kind of introduce what orthorexia is and then go into your story if you can. Yeah, sure. So orthorexia is sort of a fear of eating any bad food or, um, eating very, very good food or very clean food. Um, and then you sort of build a, a large set of rules into it. Now it's not, it's not, it could be, I need to eat chicken, rice and broccoli seven times a day, or it could be, I'm never allowed to eat breakfast and I have to eat, um, or at breakfast, I have to eat my egg white omelet. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, very extreme, like no toast allowed, blah, blah. So basically what happened with me was so, I suppose I was always sporty, always the, the irony of this whole thing is that I was in a better mental and probably physical condition before I got into fitness um, in terms of logging my food and having a more balanced diet and better mindset towards it than I am now, which I think is the case for a lot of people. Mm. But um, yeah, so I played loads of sport, was very lean. And then I sort of started looking on YouTube at full days of eating. Um, and it was like summer shredding was the time that I got into it. Um, and I didn't really know what that was shredding. So I watched this guy's day of eating and he was eating 2,300 calories. Um, and I was like, okay, well I should try and eat 2,300 calories cause he's in good shape. So I'll, I'll do that. Tracked it on my fitness pal every day and then got it going. So I didn't track how I looked or how I weighed or anything. I was just doing it purely because that's what I thought, um, you should do if you're a fitness person and you want to be good at it. You want to be the best at fitness. I'm very competitive. So that's why I did it. And, um, so then about four months down the line, I was like, this is getting problematic. I should undownload this because it's taken over my life. And then I went into a room and my mates were there and they were like, Oh, have you heard of this app called my fitness pal? And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He was like, Oh, I did this yesterday and I ate like 1700 calories. Like, and I was like, shit, like if, if I don't redownload this and eat that much, then or or if i didn't read download this and start tracking my calories then he's going to get in better shape than me and then that's going to be bad because i'll have lost lost what i don't know but that's how my brain works anyway mm. so redownloaded it anyway as it progressed it progresses through like this so i watched this guy 
and he's like, oh, I'm intermittent fasting. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to intermittent fast. So started skipping breakfast. Why, why in my brain, I thought that was a good idea because I didn't have any goals, but I just thought that's what you needed to do to be in good shape. So I was yeah. like, right, intermittent fast. Then he was like, yeah. And then I eat, I have, um, with all my meals, I have a big bowl of mushrooms and lettuce. And then I have a portion of protein and a few carbs. So I was like, right, I need to start volume eating, do this. Then he was like, at nighttime, I have skier and fruit, like skier yogurt. It's like really low calorie, high protein yogurt and fruit. And then I started doing that. Then all of a sudden, I'd be tracking my food, but I wouldn't be looking at the calories. I'd just be like, I can only eat. I can't eat breakfast. At lunch, I have to eat rice, chicken, and loads of vegetables, then I shouldn't eat till dinner because I'll waste my calories, even though I didn't have any calories to waste because I didn't have a target, but I just mm-hmm. can't eat until six. Eight at six, same as lunch meal. And then at dinner, I'd be like, right, this is my treat. I'll have my um, low, ca- my skier yogurt, my frozen fruit, and my two caramel rice cakes. And that just kept a cycle. And then all of a sudden, I was... 56 kilos so i'm six foot by the way so yeah. 56 kilos is um yeah i don't know the bmi of that must be like 14 or something yeah it's low it's very anyway. low yeah. it just basically cycled and so my life had all these rules like you can't do cardio unless it's fasted you can't eat this at lunch you can't you must like you can't have a protein bar you must have a protein bar and apple together as a snack if you're going to have a snack like it just develops into all these rules. And then looking back at my diary, I looked back like um, a couple of years ago, I was eating like 1600 calories a day mm. for like months on end. And it got to the point where like- And doing loads of exercise as well, I imagine. I'm doing loads of exercise. Yeah, like I would train sometimes from like two till 6 p.m. Or like do go and ran loads, like yeah. doing like 10Ks, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it just got to the point where I just- I was so cold all the time. I remember I used to have um, philosophy um, in sick form my last year of school, and it was on the upper floor, upper floor of the building. And I used to hate going to philosophy because I had to walk up the stairs, and like mm. my legs were so like tired all the time trying to walk up the stairs that I was like, "Oh my god, I just can't go to philosophy!" Like, and I drag myself up the stairs. <laughs> so yeah, and then so that's how that sort of developed, and then um at christmas time it was kind of like i had um it was i got home and my parents were kind of like you need to sort this out um like this is really bad um which i couldn't see but it was um but i didn't really go to any specialist or anything um i was just told you need to gain weight you need to gain weight and so then one day i don't know i just thought you know what fuck this i've had enough of this and then just went to the shops and ate like three family boxes of cereal. Because when you're that lean as well, you can't control what you eat. Anyone who's done a contest prep will know that. Like once you start, you can't stop. Um, mm. And then I just got into this cycle. Like I did that and I was like, oh shit, I've done bad there. Then a week, then like five days ago past and I did it again. And then it just got into this cycle of binging. And then it would be every day and like loads and loads of food. Mm. And I went up to like, 86 kilos like but like which is a fine weight but straight away in like two months yeah three months like just went straight up and it was the worst thing was like how embarrassing because i was at boarding school at the time 
And it was so embarrassing because we had a month off or an Easter holidays when I was binging loads and I came back and I was like 10 kilos heavier and everyone was like, what the fuck's going on with Jonesy's face? Like he looks so bloated. Because if you've ever done that and gain, regain weight really quickly, it all goes in your face. You kind of look yeah. like a yeah. hamster or like the Michelin man. Especially um, especially if you if you were really lean. Because when you're lean, like your face is always kind of like yeah, skeletal, my face isn't looked, it? And... Yeah, my face was like a skeleton. Like it was yeah. ridiculous. Like it, I one thing that always like does my head in is that no one said anything to me even though i was walking around school like with a face like i was malnourished but yeah. that's that's we can talk about that in a bit but um yeah so i got back and my face was just bloated and i just felt horrible and then like in my brain i couldn't start working out until i started eating perfectly clean again and it would get in this cycle of like i would eat like 1800 calories then i started setting myself calorie goals and then i was like started weighing myself and then i was like if i lose this amount of weight then i'll be back to my normal self and then i couldn't work out when i was binging because i was like well there's no point you working out because you binge ate today so what's the point in you working out because you won't look a certain way because you've you've messed up your diet so it would just get in this cycle of i'd lose 5 kg put on 10 lose 10 kg put on five and it just yo-yoed mm. essentially up until um second year of uni summer term which okay. is when i kind of got a handle on it um now i competed in um aggression sessions in second year which which wasn't very good so for the people listening who don't know um, aggression sessions okay. is like a boxing um competition um it was like a yeah. charity event because me and ben both went to durham university um and at durham they do this thing every year it's called aggression sessions which is basically a load of people who've never boxed before or at least don't box much um go in and they get trained up for six months or so is it and then you yeah. all do like a big charity boxing fight we actually both did aggression sessions um yeah but yeah yeah, yeah sorry carry on Sorry. Um, I, sh I should actually not skip a major bit of uni because that wasn't a really good idea. But like in first year, I was doing the binging and restricting thing again. And it basically meant that like in Freshers Week, I remember I, I basically didn't eat anything because obviously I had to drink and save my calories for that, blah, blah. But it meant that in the second week of uni, I just binge ate all the week. And then I was too embarrassed to come out of my room because I was like, I'm going to look so fat to everyone when I come out of my room. Yeah. So I stayed in my room for like two weeks straight. And that was the cycle of first and second year. And I lost quite a few friends because of that, because obviously you're sort of disappearing and then coming back and then disappearing. But because I was so like embarrassed about people seeing me mm. when I was fat, I didn't want anyone to see me. And so I would just stay in my room. Um, and that happened basically throughout first year and then second year as well. And then with aggression sessions. So um, basically you have to put down a weight you want to fight at. Um, which is obviously not good if someone with an eating disorder. So yeah. my weight was 80 and I was like 77 at the start of the term because over summer I'd hired a coach and done a diet thinking that would solve the problems, which it didn't because I needed to sort out my own head. I didn't need another diet to sort me yeah. out. Yeah. No matter if it was a sustainable diet or not. Um, and then I went up to like 85 and then I had to cut down for aggression sessions and trying to like having to cut down when you've got an eating disorder and you uncontrollably sort of have these binging episodes and your mind's in turmoil was just terrible because yeah. like you actually can't binge because then you can't fight, which is like what all this hard work, like imagine if like 50 of my friends had tickets, it was like four tables. And if I couldn't fight because I'd started binge eating, that would be 
the worst thing imaginable. So yeah, yeah. That was I was I, I was very lucky in the fact because like listening to you, like I I resonate with so much of what you're saying. Like the you know yeah. the the I feel like we both we both started um kind of in almost like anorexia orthorexia-esque style and like losing lots of weight and i was running all the time and and like you know that that kind of stuff getting really like lean um and then i started going into kind of i i had um, bulimia for a bit so i used to kind of do self-induced vomiting um but then like you know then it moved into this kind of binge eating like you were saying where i would like <clears throat> I'd spend a few weeks just stuffing my face full of food. And then I was embarrassed for people to see me because I put so much. So I literally, I resonate with you so much. Yeah. Um, and the sec- I, second year was also when I did aggression sessions and I was lucky because, because I'm like, I, I weighed, I think when I, when I went in, I was like a hundred kilos. So we were just like the big, like we were just like, they basically just said, as long as you, as long as you weigh over 95 kilos, we don't care. Um, oh, yeah. So like, I was lucky to that fact, but, um, I remember because you weigh you weigh in like like a week before and then you weigh in on the day, don't you? Yeah. Um, yeah and I weighed cool. in the week before at a hundred, I think it was either a hundred dead or like a hundred and one. And then I had for whatever reason, like my, my mind was just in a really shitty place, but I was binge eating for that whole week. And then I weighed in on the day of the fight and I was 110. Um I'd like put on like 10 kilos in a week, which I literally have no idea how I managed it. But um, I just remember, I remember being so embarrassed and it proper messed with my head. Like the, cause it was obviously like we were backstage about to go into the fight and these people were weighing yeah. me and everyone was looking around and they're like, George, you've put on 10 kilos in a week. And I was just like, literally, my, I can't imagine what my face looked like, but I just yeah, shit honestly, myself. The week before you had to do the weigh-in. And so I remember I texted my opponent and was like, is there any chance we can do this at 85? Because I was like, I'm going to just have the worst time trying to cut weight and I'll binge and I'll wait until it. And I was like 84 and he was on the mic and he was like, and you texted me asking if you could make 85, like making a joke out of it. And I was oh. like, oh. and everyone was laughing and I just had to laugh. And I was like, that's really yeah. funny. But you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, um, so then obviously I had to get it down to flip in 81, which, were, which wasn't great. But I mean, I got there in the end, but uh, yeah, that wasn't good. But since then, so I fought, I fought since then. So after aggression sessions, I, I lost as well, which was like really bad for me because um i sort of was was confident that i was going to win and everyone's like you're really good you you'll definitely win and then i ended up losing and um, i lost two just for the record yeah (laughs) i went into this like two weeks of just like binging again hibernating and then um i came back for easter and i think well basically my girlfriend sort of was like we need to i'll sort we need to sort this out because it's really affecting you um, and it would also affect our relationship as well, again, because like there's times where in that relationship where, again, you don't even want your your girlfriend to see you because you feel embarrassed about what you look like. And it mm-hmm. makes you feel really insecure in your relationship when you're like, oh, she's so much better looking than me. I look horrible. Like, why would you want to be with me? And then you just don't talk to them or you just stay in your room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we sort of tackled it. And then we just we just stopped tracking anything stopped this like you need to be really fit and be in this shape and just said you know what just eat lots of fruits and veggies try and like never track don't track anything and just try and focus on getting really strong for a bit Mm. um which was good because one of the things i wanted to say earlier about running one the the thing about running that induces people to have eating problems is that 
um, being lighter in the short term is very conducive to being better at running. So what will happen with a lot of runners is they'll lose like five kilos and all of a sudden they'll shave like two or three minutes off their 5K and 10K time and they start getting stress fractures. They start getting not enough energy to do their long runs in the long term and then yeah. it goes off a cliff. So having the mindset of like, um, and whenever I'd run, I'd be like, right, I don't need, I need to eat less because that means I'm going to be good at running. So that's why after aggression sessions and the boxing, that i was like right i'm just going to spend the time getting really strong because in the strength world more food means you can lift more and that is good that's like success yeah so i need to get this sport or this thing where me training and me having more food was a good thing not a bad thing Mm. um and that really really helped my mindset from then on it's it's interesting you're saying about the um yeah because i feel like a lot of athletes tend to go down that road or some, something that's difficult for coaches and for athletes in general is that usually when an athlete takes on some kind of disordered eating or disordered eating practice, they tend to get better initially. It actually, their performance gets better yeah. because their, their power to weight ratio, because they haven't lost that much muscle, but all of a sudden yeah. they've dropped all this weight. So actually they start being faster and they start, you know, they accelerations better. They can jump further. They can whatever. So they just, it's like, this is great. Like we need to keep doing this. But then, you know, over time, you know, things like relative energy deficiency in sport can kick in like red S and, um, yeah. you know, people who don't know what that is, it's basically this, um, phenomenon that you know even you're not when you're um putting out too much energy and not getting enough in your body starts to kind of slow down different processes so you know your immune system gets worse your your bone health goes down you know there's the your cardiovascular system starts to become like deficient and there's all these different things that happen to you because your body's trying to conserve energy um and that happens a lot with athletes and stuff, especially, especially when people switch to like orthorexia kind of eating or, you know, or just, you know, people think they're just switching to clean eating. Um, you know, so especially if you're like, you know, if you're a distance runner or a swimmer or, you know, someone who is burning a lot of calories and you see some fitness influencer being like, oh, you shouldn't eat um, pizza. Instead, you need to eat jacket potatoes. You're thinking, okay, I'm going to switch to jacket potatoes. All of a sudden, you're just as full, but you're eating like a thousand calories less than you were. So like, and you're still burning 5,000 calories a day or whatever, doing your training. Yeah. That's the thing. That fitness influencer just goes to the gym, lifts weights, and then probably sits down, walks the 8,000 steps, 10,000 steps every day, and that's it. You, They're not swimming 5,000 meters or however much you swim. They're not running 10 every day. Like It's specific. Every bit of stuff they eat is because they have to eat that because that's for their goals. And Mm. that's the main thing that, that fucked me up, basically, was that I was eating to other people's goals, not mine, for no reason other than it was portrayed as the way that fitness people are supposed to eat. Mm. Um, I think as well, one point I'd like to make is how why people have to understand with eating disorders that it's a mental disorder and people aren't better when they get healthy again to a healthy weight again or when they look like they're in good shape and they're working out consistently like okay sort of but it's you're only better when up here mentally you're better like i'd have to say still now so when i was doing my i did a i when i got fat i did a a a diet where i ate like 1500 calories for four weeks or something stupid anyway i i was like right i'm gonna not do any work any um any i was doing 
revision at the time for something. I was like, I'm not going to do any work while I do this because I need to concentrate on dieting. And ever since then, I sort of got this connotation of like being able to work and being able to be in diet or be in good shape has got like this negative relationship towards each other. And now whenever I sit down to study or do work, I find it, I find it really hard. Like that's one of the main challenges I'm having at the moment with my nine to five job is my food focus is so bad, even though I'm not restricting at all, I still have this remaining food focus that's still there where I'm worried about what I'm going to eat next, how many calories I'm on for the day. Because again, if you've had an eating disorder and you've tracked calories for four years, yeah. you, you automatically know what's in your food. Like people, like, yeah, you can eat intuitively, but I don't really like the term eating intuitively because like eating intuitively is someone who's never tracked, wakes up, fancies a fag and a Red Bull, has that. <laughs> goes to work someone gives them leftover burger from the restaurant they eat that and then their mum gives them some cookies and cooks their dinner and then they eat that and then they go to bed like you saying oh i'm going to eat this amount of vegetables and make sure i've got some protein and make sure i never get full never get too full or too hungry like it's not intuitive eating like it's a it's a much better way of managing your eating disorder but it's not intuitive eating like let's not get a bit mixed up about that like Mm -hmm. it isn't really um but yeah so i would say one of the main thing is they don't realize like the mental implications like i that's one thing that i'm really working on like yeah like i'm better now like i haven't binged for a while i still do it it, every now and then Mm -hmm. but my attitude towards um training and food is much more good like i'll never get myself down to like four percent body fat and like struggling to walk up the stairs again but those remaining feelings of like what am I going to eat next? I can't concentrate on this piece of work. So I keep thinking about food, like those are still there. And that's still a journey that I'm trying to get those things out of my head in the next step. So I think you don't just cure, get cured of an eating disorder, like a medicine does. It takes a while. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, he's done all that. And he's, um, you know, he's, he's figured himself out and Ben's doing great. Now he doesn't have an eating disorder. I very much do. And it's a process and it's going to take a lot more years of figuring it out. But, um, you know, hopefully there is some light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same as you is in, you know, I'm a lot better than I, I was. Um, but I still definitely, you know, fall into that mindset because like you say, eating, a just eating disorder is not about food. It's not the, it's not your eating. That's the issue. It's the reason you're doing it or the, the way you feel while you're doing it. So, you know, like, for example, you know, with, with the, the binge eating, you know, you can, I, like last night, um, me and my girlfriend ordered fish and chips and I, I ate like two boxes of fish and chips, but yeah. like, I don't feel, I didn't feel upset about it. I just, I was just really hungry. I hadn't eaten that much. And I just fancied getting cheesy chips and also getting chips with fish. Um, yeah. So I just, I ate them, um, but I didn't. I didn't feel, you know, bad while I was doing it. I wasn't like forcing it down me. I stopped because I like, there was still a bit left over and I didn't eat it all because I was just like, I'm not hungry anymore. You know? So, you know, but I also, if I was in my eating disorder brain and I had that, I would have forced it down me. I would have felt awful afterwards and stuff, but I'd still be eating the same thing, but it's the way I felt whilst I was eating it. And the reason I felt I need, like the reason I felt about eating it like if if it was a if it was a binge it would have been this panic and this i don't know if you're the same here but um yeah. when yeah. when i when i've had um like when i've been binging before i almost disassociate with the person who who's so i like i'll be binge eating and then the next day i'll wake up and i'll be like 
who was that person? Like, I, I hate that person. And like, I almost ashamed of who I was. Yeah. I think, I think you very much, uh, you don't enjoy any of, any of the experience of when you're binge eating. Like you, uh, that's, I think that, that thing about the fish and chips is important. Cause I'm just getting to that stage now where I can go to a restaurant, choose what I want to be like last night, we went to Byron Burgers and I had like a, a burger and chips mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. But there's still that prevailing thought of like, oh, when I get home, I should eat. I should still continue to eat loads of shit. But I didn't, mm-hmm. which I was very pleased myself with. But it's, yeah, when you're binge eating, you don't really remember what you eat. And you don't even tend to eat nice stuff. You just go around and just eat whatever's there. And yeah, the worst bit is waking up the next morning because people who, who um, binge eat will be able to associate. But you feel dreadful, like your stomach's mm-hmm. doing like somersaults you're sweaty from the night before you feel like the extra weight and water all bloated up in you. And then you go and train and like, you, you, you're like, Oh, I should go and train because otherwise, because if you don't go and train, sometimes you just fall back into like, Oh, well I fucked it now. I'm just going to continue this for another day. So I just sort of tend to go and train straight away when mm. I've done that. Not even anything like an intense session, but just so I've been to the gym. But even when you're there, you're like, your stomach's all in a twist and you can't really do the exercises properly because your body feels like an alien almost like Mm. it just feels like you're out of it so yeah i definitely relate to you saying that it feels like another person's done it um because it does you don't really feel yourself at all yeah it's it's weird it's really weird because it like uh, for me anyway um i think it's it's different for everyone because there's some things you're saying there where like i aren't the same as me but like for example i would never train the next day um my kind of progression or at least the way that works for me um has always been i i do my my binge eats and then i'd have a day where i try and eat um again air quotes normally for me anyway and eat in like a normal way for me and not i'd normally i'd maybe do like a home workout or some stretches or something and then once i'd like to me it feels like a reset and That's then reset yeah. yeah and then exactly. and then i go then i go to the gym the next day and i kind of go back into what i was doing um yeah, but yeah I th- I th- yeah for me um it was almost like like uh, uh, for a lot of my mental health i've always had this kind of good george and bad george and it's all very binary and i'm either one or the other um so when yeah when i'm when I'm binge eating, I, I almost, I almost enjoyed it. And I like, it was almost like, a, like I know I'm going to hate myself tomorrow, but like, fuck it. Like, that's kind of like how, I, that's kind of what it felt like. Um, yeah. And then the next day I'd wake up and I'd be like, why have I done that again? Like every time I do that, I feel like shit the next day. And now I feel yeah, fat it's... and whatever. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's this weird like spiral, isn't it? And then, and then because you feel ashamed of who that, that, that person who binge eat, then you feel shit. So then you want to binge eat again. Yeah, 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 and it's it's yeah, just this that's the one. And also, like biologically, I mean, you'll know a lot more than me. But when you've like smashed that many sugary items into your body, I feel like your body craves it more. Again, I don't know how that works, but like, does does your body like release hormones in terms of like it wants it again? Something to do with your um, gut microbiome or something? I'm not. I'm no mic- microbiome um, expert. <laughs> um, that's that's not my that's not my area of expertise but that yeah. is really that is really interesting stuff i went to a seminar on that um a few weeks ago um it's really interesting and there's this it's like 
like obviously it's starting to come out more and the influencers have attached onto it. And some, I think some of the stuff they say is probably bullshit just because it's influencers. So I never trust them. Um, but like there, there is a lot of science on microbiome and there is a lot coming out. Um, but it seems to affect everything like to the point where, um, you know, eating certain, I saw like, like there's certain fibers that release, um, certain like can like help with your microbiome and a microbiome seems to be able to um influence the like serotonin in your brain and stuff which is a big thing okay. for like depression and anxiety um right. so it seems that even you know the way you eat can maybe even have like a hormonal response in your brain and improve depression anxiety and stuff um but there still needs like they need to do a lot of research on it before we can say for certain um but yeah that's really not my area of expertise um in regard to that yeah it's yeah it's interesting it's interesting um we've been talking for nearly an hour now so i'm gonna just i'm gonna kind of move us on (laughs) um the um i kind of want to talk a little bit about where you are now because we've we've spoken a little bit about kind of moving into it and thank you so much for sharing about your story and like i said i i resonate a lot with um what it is you know what what you've been through and it sounds like we had a very similar time at uni my first year was really shit yeah. Um, second year was bad but I started to get better about halfway through and um, for yeah. me it was seeing my counselor I started seeing a counselor in Durham um, and that helped me out a lot and then third year was where I kind of really started to sort my sort myself out and um, yeah exactly. I'm still I'm still not 100% but I'm definitely doing a lot better than what I was yeah. Um so yeah tell me a little bit about how it is now I know you said you're still struggling a little bit occasionally yeah. but so I think, um, so I've obviously, in terms of my training, I, I've switched any sort of emphasis off, um, you know, aesthetic goals. I don't have those anymore. I, which is, um, it's a goal to look a certain way. Yeah. Um, I don't have those anymore. My training, of course, I still want to look good, but my training is focused around moving better and uh, getting stronger and fitter and performing better and training. Cause it makes me feel good. Um, that is what my training is focused around. So that's been a really good shift. And then in terms of food, like, yeah, I, I haven't tracked calories for like a year and a bit. Um, I don't do it anymore because um, it just really fucks with my head. Like I, uh, I'd associate how well a day is going on, how many calories I'm on by like yeah. 3 PM or something like that. So yeah, I don't track those anymore. I, I'm currently living at home. So my mum cooks my dinner for me, which is great. Cause I don't have to think about what to eat then. Yeah. I do really enjoy that now. Whereas before I wouldn't have enjoyed that because I didn't have control over what I was eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I just, uh, I go to the gym in the morning before work. It's the only time I go, uh, I tend to go fasted, um, just because it suits me better. Um, I just, yeah. I, I've, I've done it quite frequently before and it doesn't negatively affect me. And then I just eat from there. I mean, um, the thing, the, what my main issues at the moment are food focused, like I said, so I've just started a nine to five job. Um, and my main problem, I, the one thing I've wanted to recapture since, uh, my eating disorder is being able to solely concentrate on something that isn't the gym or food for a while. Like, uh, I find it really hard, even through uni, like I was doing my studies would always be that. So that's one thing I'm tackling at the moment is, sort of not always thinking about food when I'm sat at my desk working it doesn't help working from home whatsoever because I'm on my own Uh, whereas if I'm in the office and I'm interacting with people and I'm like oh look at that it's 12 it's time for lunch whereas I'm sat here at 10 30 and I'm like or should I eat lunch at 11 a bit early or maybe I should wait till 12 or like those are the types of things that go on in your head really um I uh 
yeah, I still think also I have a massive emphasis on training um, and that being the managing factor for my eating. So okay. if I don't, tra- if I don't train, I still eat normally, but I feel like I shouldn't eat that much. Whereas now when I'm training, I'm like, oh, I train. So, you know, if you want to have a bits and pieces of stuff every now and then, then that's all right. Mm. Um, and yeah, I still struggle with those binge eating thoughts of like, oh, I'm frustrated or I could go to the cupboard and have one biscuit. And then I could know that I could clear out 10. Mm. And then I would, I worry that I'm restricting myself from eating all the biscuits because that's obsessive, but it isn't really, it's like me making sure that I don't binge. So mm. yeah, I think one that's, of the one, main- that's one of the hardest things, isn't it? Is, is balancing up whether you're doing something because it's your eating because like, you know, with, you know, um, like alcoholism or, you know, drug addiction or, you know, cause that's kind of what I need disorder. It's almost like an, an addiction yeah. to this way of eating. Um, or yeah. it's, it's some kind of compulsion, you know, with alcohol or something you can, you know, the, usually they just say you need to just stop altogether. Yeah. And but, well, you can't stop eating, can you? Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> that's, that's a really difficult thing about it. I heard that a couple of years ago and I was like, that is the truest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's there every day for you to face. It's like there and you have to deal with it yeah 100% agree on that yeah th- thanks again for kind of speaking um about everything and I'm, I'm glad you kind of you know you you're getting there you're getting better um yeah. you know and working on it and you know I, I resonate with you that it is it is really difficult to you know kind of traverse through an eating disorder and, and come out the other end because you know you get left with all these like beliefs and and thought patterns and you're not sure which one's right which one's wrong and you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's really difficult. And especially with social media and, you know, these inf- influence of people who are pushing these, you know, negative things and, you know, whether they know it or not, you know, it's, you know, it's, it can have a seriously like difficult, um, you know, a seriously bad effect on people who have a history like we do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, I really understand. I really get it. And I, and thank you so much for kind of um, coming on and speaking about it. And I hope people listening, you know, one of the things that I want my minds to be is a place where people who are going through the, the shit that we're going through, you know, maybe they're in the position that we were in the first year of uni or, or something, yeah. you know, they yeah. can hear these, you know, us two guys talking about it and realize that, you know, you, you can come out of it and you can be all right. And, you know, yeah. like we're, we're not, you know, me and you are not doing awfully now. So yeah. you, know, you, yeah. you, know, you can, you, know, you, you can, you will be all right if you just keep going at it and, you know, and don't focus on the food, focus on you, focus on the way you're thinking, you know, and, and the fact that we both did it in different ways, you know, we're both, you know, I went and saw counselors and stuff and, you know, you've done it your way and I've done it my way. And it's, you know, it, you, so there are different ways to get to where we are. Yeah. Um, so on to the kind of final part, um, for people who, um, have been listening to the latest few episodes, you'll know that we, I want to be, I've been asking these three questions to everyone. Um, so the first question then is yeah. name a person real or fictional that has been an inspiration for you and why um i mean i'd probably just have to say my, my girlfriend is so pretty i'm gonna get a stick for that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah Pro- just because she's the one who i was i was i didn't know what to do when i was before um before i met her really and i was if she hadn't helped me then i'd still be in that cycle of binging and restricting now and i think uh making sure that i don't do that and i'm always um sort of mentally there and mentally try my best i think it and it's pulled me out of that hole and i think that's why it inspires me to be a better person i think that's the that's the key one 
yeah i'd yeah. say that I think that's very nice, and I'm sure she'll love that you've said that. So, <laughs> yeah, new brownie point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question. Um, a moment in your life that you didn't like at the time, but looking back, you know that a lot of positives came from it. Not getting into Oxford, definitely, because um, so that was when I was in sort of the peak of my eating disorder, really, and I think that's place where you would just get swallowed up in um you know that obsessive academic and pushing the pushing the envelope of what's possible with things and I think that would have just been an environment that's so negatively conducive to to what I wanted to achieve and Mm. I think with Durham it took me a couple of years but eventually I got to the place where that balance was something that was more socially acceptable and people strive for that balance and if I hadn't have been if I hadn't have been in an environment that um, was conducive to that, then I would have definitely struggled to pull myself out of that place. So, um, yeah, when I when it happened, it wasn't great, but it was definitely, you know, for the best in the end. Yeah, and that, that's a really good message, for, you know, for people who are yeah. applying for uni or something, and you know, people listening. I know we do have some, like, younger people who, on here who who, uh, who listen to the podcast. So, you know, if you're, if you're applying for unis and you don't get your first choice, it really isn't that big of a deal. Like, yeah. you know, you're not it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. If you're also, if you're going to apply to uni and say, if you're like, I know only going to speak from my point of view, but if you're really passionate about something like sport or fitness or something like that, and you really want to study it, just do it. Like uh, the ultimately you're going to have to do three years of that. And if you do something because someone else tells you to do it, or you, your parents want you to do it, or your school wants you to do it, then you're never going to have the motivation to do it. So please just do what you want that's that's a really good message as well um that yeah. for, for me when i was younger my um like long story short i grew up on around a lot of animals and and stuff growing up and um everyone always told me i was going to be a vet and then i got to yeah. i got to my a levels and i was doing um maths chemistry biology and physics and my mental health was awful and i was like this is just i just quit yeah. i quit within like six months because like i didn't even enjoy any of this like it was yeah. all just i just hated it um and then i went down different routes yeah. and ended up you know falling in love with nutrition and exercise and stuff and then went and studied it so you know really just go with what you what you enjoy not with what people tell you you should be doing yeah 100 and finally i suppose we've just given one here um but the the final question is a phrase to live by i think i, I there was a phrase that someone told me like three weeks ago and i'd slightly alter it but the phrase was that smart people don't moan, they work. And I think that is um, that is pervasive too. If you've got something going on, you need to you need to work to make it better. And but you need to be smart about how you go about it. This isn't a smart people don't moan, they work, they work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. No. Smart people work in a smart way and smart mm. people work in a way that's going to get them to their goal in the most efficient way possible. Um, and I think, and so, I think yeah. a, a, a good example of a smart way of working is, you know, if you're in a really shit 
um, you know, really shit position or really shit place with your mental health and you feel awful and horrendous. I think the smart way would not be to try and all of a sudden work really hard. A smart thing would be, you know what I'm going to do because the last, the last week I've just lay in bed and done nothing. So my smart way of working is today, I'm going to do 10 minutes or something to make me feel a bit better. That's smart. That's, you know, smart doesn't mean, you know, smart people work doesn't mean you, you, you know, all all smart people put in like 10 hours of graft every day. It means they do it in a way that they can do it and it and you know fits their position they're, they're in at that time. Yeah, so work smarter, not harder, I suppose, would be a more apt, um, more apt slogan. I think that's that's a very good one. I think yeah. that's what that's that's about. that's perfect. Um yeah. so yeah, thank thank you very much, Ben. Um just to to finish off, can you I'll put I'll put them in the kind of links below, but can you let us know any like social media tags or anything that people can yeah. follow you on? Yeah, so uh, just on Instagram basically is at BGJ uh, Burger, if you don't know, okay, uh, fits. Yeah, BGJ is Ben George Jones. That's why it's that. Um, awesome. That is also my TikTok handle, but um, nothing useful goes on there. I literally just post my sets. <laughs> so <laughs> um, follow that if you want to. But yeah, Instagram is where the, the good, knowledgeable stuff comes in. So yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you very much, Ben. And thank you everyone for listening as per, and I will see you all next week. Cheers guys. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Here at Maya Minds, we're trying to raise awareness for all the things that we speak about in this podcast. So please, if you can give it a share, each and every one of you has the potential to help us with that. Also, if you want to check out myminds.com, please do. You can see all our social media things on there and we'd love to have you contributing more as a part of our community. Thank you.